whenever the scriptures repeat themselves, um, I think it's always a sign to us, pay attention. There's something going on here. So uh, for Luke to say, at that time, John summoned two of his disciples, sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? And then he repeats it. When the men came to the Lord, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Aha! So pay attention. Now, um, he says, what have you seen? What have you heard? Tell John what you've seen. Tell John what you've heard. You know, seeing something with the eyes is one thing, but seeing with the heart, and the scriptures love that image, the eyes of the heart, is to understand in a way that, that's transformative. You know, you can look at a beautiful sunset and say, yeah, that's a beautiful sunset, but you just, you just noticed it. But when you look inside and when you see that sunset as an act of creation and something marvelous that's going on uh, in nature before our eyes, uh, it's a different understanding. We sometimes say, um, um, when you see something, uh, you say, um, the more I see it, the more I understand. The more I see it, the worse it becomes. The more I see it, the better it becomes. So seeing intently, deeply, is a very important part. And I think, spiritually speaking, it's a very important part of hearing God speak to us and, and hearing the gospel. I wrote this morning in the Facebook page about um, a, a great French priest, a Jesuit priest who made a huge difference in the world of science and in the whole world of our understanding of creation. He was brilliant, 18-something. I can't give you the dates. I never remember that kind of thing. But his name is uh, Father Pierre Tejard de Chardin. He was a priest, a teacher, a scientist, a paleontologist. Um, I don't know what else. He was brilliant. And he is the one, I believe, who came up with the expression, the Big Bang Theory. Not like the TV show, okay? But he, he expressed how creation came about, how science believes it happened. And it was a huge explosion of energy and power. And all of this, uh, he says, and I think most scientists agree, it was guided by a knowledge that was incomparable. It wasn't accidental. I was thinking of it yesterday. I was looking out the kitchen window in the house where I lived there, and, and I see this plant there, and I thought, oh, my God, you know, it's just so, we take it so for so granted, you know, that all these plants are producing oxygen for us to breathe. It would behoove us to put a whole bunch of them near our windows in the house so that we're, we're getting this fresh oxygen. We're breathing out our carbon dioxide. They're absorbing that. They're transforming it into oxygen, giving it back to us in this incredible balance. This isn't accidental. This is, this is God, this knowledge, this force, whatever, producing a, a planet, the only one that we know of, where life exists as we know it, at least to this point, with such incredible balance and, and such incredible beauty and power. It's, it's amazing. So the more that we see, many scientists say, I think most do, they say, the more I don't understand, strangely, the more I see, the more I understand, not so strangely. The more I see, the more I believe that there's something bigger than us and just this life that's produced this. And it's a, a real echo of these words from Isaiah. I am the Lord. There is no other. 
I form the light. I create the darkness. I, the Lord, do all these things. I think, I believe, that uh, scientists, they don't always believe in the, the Catholic Church or a particular church body, but I think they do believe in a very amazing power of knowledge, a being, if you will, a God, if you will, that we translate very clearly in our Judeo-Christian uh, tradition, um, the God of Israel, Jacob and Joseph, the, the, the God of, that, that gave us the Christ. But I wonder if we take for granted some of uh, this knowledge that we have. You know, one of the reasons that I stopped using the creed as we know it, but use the promises of baptism which enshrine the creed, it's all in there, is because I, I think it forces you and me and others to respond to these questions. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? I do. And although we get used to the questions, they're specific. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? And, and when asked the question and we respond, I do, at least there is an attempt to recognize the question and to affirm it in our response. I think we owe it to this enormously amazing faith that we have that gets expressed in a real special way in this gospel today when John the Baptist sends two disciples to ask Jesus a question. Are you the one who is to come? Or is it someone else coming? And Jesus simply responds, go tell John what you've seen and heard. You see the blind regain their sight, the deaf hear, the mute speak, the paralyzed jump up and run, the dead rise, the lepers are cleansed, the poor have the good news preached. So I turn this question on you and me. What do you see? What have you seen? What have you heard? And like the beautiful sunset, it's one thing to look at a sunset and say, oh, that's a beautiful sunset. It's another one to take it in in a way that it overwhelms us with its beauty and it touches us at the core of our being. That's what faith is supposed to do. Now, again, I, I never like to put blame anywhere. Who am I to blame? Good God, I have enough problems myself. But what have we passed on and what do we pass on to our children? You know, um, I think, I, I come from a German-American family, and, and I always say that, uh, I, and my mother's side was Austrian. The Austrians were much warmer in my family, um, very genteel and, and great sense of humor and all. The likers, the Germans had a sense of humor too, but cold and distant and untouchable, just just uh, stern, and, and um, that's my experience of them. Um, I never, ever in my life heard my father say directly to me, Perry, I love you. Never. Did he love me? Oh, I had no doubts. He and my mom just worked their fannies off for us. They raised a family, gave us faith. Oh, loved us. But I never heard the words. Did it make a difference? Yes, it makes a difference. Saying those words... Uh, I mean, you can say them and not have a lot of love, and you cannot say them and have a love, but the combination is a killer. 
To love someone and to say to them, I love you. That's powerful to express that. Therefore, I think to myself, you know, it's one thing we say the creed and all of this, but it's important to tell others what it means to us, especially our kids and our grandchildren. Um, you, you may say, well, you know, all my kids are not going to church anymore. And I don't mean just because of the pandemic. They just stop going. They go somewhere else. They whatever. Um, and it could be that we failed not to say I love you, although that too, but failed to say what does my faith mean to me? I tell you every day I pray to the Lord Jesus because blah, blah, blah. Every day I look at creation and all the works of God and I am so overwhelmed with grace from God because of blah, blah, blah. We put it into words. So I challenge you, I don't have any grandkids, but if I did, I'd challenge myself the same, to, to be sure that we're sharing with them what it means to us and why it means that to us. To be kind of like Father Pierre Tehard de Chardin. Say the truth, what we've seen and heard deep in our hearts, what it means to us. And, and lead, lead through that understanding others to come to know the same. Especially for little ones. They look up so much to grandparents and, and to we elders and to pass it on, um, it's incomparable. It's incomparable.